Amen. So yeah, next week, um, Charles and I actually are, are tri- uh, traveling to Tennessee. Everyone say hi, Charles. He's right here. And uh, we're joining uh, our friends in Lebanon, Tennessee. It's about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. They, uh, they used to have a ministry called City Takers. And they're still wanting to take cities, but they've, they might correct me. Now they're called Lebanon House of Prayer. They have a, um, a little building that has beautiful kind of awesome brick walls that overlooks the center of Lebanon, this little this city of like 40,000 people, right in the heart of the city, on this upper room, second floor, looking over the city, they have this prayer room they're starting to build. And so we get to go just in part what we carry and to receive what they carry. And uh, so I'll be there Monday through Friday. So pray for the church, pray for us, pray for my wife, especially <laughs> with the four kids. Hallelujah. That was supposed to be a joke, but I'm, I'm not joking. Pray for her. She's the best. Um, and so uh, let's just pray before we, we open up the word together today. Lord, thank you for your voice. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for your presence. God, I just am so thankful for how your word is is unchanging. Your word is unshakable. Your word carries weight. Word is like a lamp and a light. It's like a sword, it's like bread, it's like fire. Your word is life. God, as your people here at Radiant, we we gladly and joyfully submit to the whole counsel of your word together. Lord, we refuse to be a spiritual family that picks and chooses our favorite passages and ignores the rest. Lord, we love your word. And in particular, we love the incarnate word, Jesus Christ, the one that is at the very pinnacle, the very top, that all of the scriptures bear witness and point to him. In him they find their fulfillment. So Jesus, the living word, would you, by the spirit, open the written word to us today. That we would not just be encouraged, but instructed, not just instructed, but trained and equipped and empowered to be your people this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. So the title of today's talk, I was, uh, (laughs) say it with me, look for the crack. Sorry, the Lord gave me the title, so you can blame him. I was, uh, every Thursday I've been making it a habit um, because we do altars Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. By Thursday, I'm a little bit, tired and so I I spend about an hour every Thursday um, overlooking Shell Beach. I just sit and I listen to the spirit. I just look at the ocean. I pray. But I kid you not, um, I was talking to my friend Eric, who you will meet next week. Spoiler alert. And as I was talking to Eric, this entire message just... And then obviously you, you, you fill it in, you form it, and that's how sort of it works. But the Lord, um, I just want to continue 
this conversation about being a people who have eyes that are open, hearts that are sensitive and aware of the, the, the doors that are being cracked all around us of those who are ready to receive or respond to Jesus. How many believe there are doors that are cracked all around us all the time? This side believes it. Anyone on this side, that there are, there are doors that are cracked. They may, they may not be, oh, open, but there's doors. That, like we are in a moment right now where the secular narrative, that which you can read about and see on the news, is so insane, there's going to be this massive, uh, I don't know how, how to say how large. There's a, because there's, there's coming, there already is, hello. But culturally, across the earth, a huge void of the few, not only the stupidity, but the futility of every ideology and the agenda that's built on man and his wisdom. And I want you to know the Lord wants us to have eyes to see all of the cracked doors that are about to respond to the gospel all around us. There is a huge void that's about to be exposed. Now man will always try to fill that void with various vices and sins and lusts of the flesh, and pride of life. But it's time for the church to see the cracked doors around us and in that place to, be, to begin to announce that there is a king named Jesus who wants to sit at your table and he wants to sit at my table. Amen. And so the, t- the title of today's talk is Look for the Crack. And what do I, where did I get that from? Colossians chapter four, starting with verse two. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may, read it with me, open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. I pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of what? Every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I believe that as we as a church None of us are great at it. We're all students in class. But as we give ourselves, that's the altar, our devotion to prayer, being watchful and thankful, I believe that the very next step, and then it's just an endless cycle until the end, until, until, the end, until Christ comes and finishes and brings about new creation. As we devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, the Lord wants to Give us eyes to see the open doors all around us so that Christ can be made known. How many believe that it's not the hour for us to change our message, to change our... How many believe the only message that will forever save is Christ and him crucified? His cross and his kingdom. And so we wanna see the cracked doors around us. We wanna see those doors that the Lord's beginning to open and he's looking for friends. He's looking for people like you and me who will partner with him and as that door is open, 
that there's someone there to announce and proclaim Jesus. Even this week, just spend, 10, spend 15 seconds. Maybe your week has been so busy, you haven't even had 15 seconds to pause and think. I want you to t spend 15 seconds right now and say, Holy Spirit, show me where there were open doors on the week that I just lived around me. Just ask them, let's just pause. Whether it was a conversation with someone at work or a neighbor or, or a spouse or a family member or a friend or the random person in the Starbucks. Now, by show of hands, how many, how many know for certain that there was at least one door that may have been cracked that you got to see last week? Just raise them up. Okay, that's almost, almost every hand, not every hand. So we want to, this week, step into that. I'm not going to ask the follow-up question, which was, what'd you do about it? That'd be a helpful question. But this week, I pray that the Lord would give us courage and strength and confidence to step into the place of partnership with him as that door is opened. So how do we do it? How do we spot the cracks, the open doors that the Lord is working? How many believe there's only one person on the planet that can open the door of a sinful heart and his name is Jesus? Praise God that that's not our work. Woo, that would be super discouraging and depressing if I was responsible for opening doors of human hearts to want or to be curious or to long or to respond to God, that would be an impossible task that none of us could bear. But there is one, Psalm 33, who looks down from heaven and who knows the hearts of every human on the planet. Amen. There is one that even though we can fool ourselves, Jeremiah 17, eight through nine, in our deceitfulness of our heart, there is one who looks down and can see right through all of the veneer, all of the masks, all of the games, and he can see right into our hearts as they really are. So our job is not to open doors, someone say hallelujah. It's to see the doors God is opening and to step in with a ready heart and a ready hand. So. The first question we have to ask if we're gonna be those, like we've talked about all month of March, the whole month of March, we called it Mobilize for Mission. And we're just gonna carry this on through Easter as we think about being ready to see those God is working on, including ourselves. The first question is, is the door of your heart open, hello, to the pursuit of Jesus to sit at your table? Turn to your neighbor and say, is your heart open? It says this, I don't know where Justin is for the slide to change, but I'm ready. Wherever you are, there you are. Read this with me, Revelation 3.20. Here I am, out loud. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So the first step to being a door watcher is to be one who has heard the knock yourself and you responded 
and said yes to the voice on the other side of the door. Did you know that many of us use this verse as a verse for evangelism, for the lost? And it's true, this does, a, this in a, in a, in, I would say in an auxiliary way, applies to the lost. But this is, the context is, Jesus is actually on the outside of the door of his church. Right. Did you know that even the church can kick Jesus out? It doesn't go well when we do, but he's there. Like, I want back in. And how many feel the zeal of the Lord right now in our generation that Jesus wants to be right at the center, right at the heart of everything we say, think, feel, and do? He's very zealous. He's knocking right now. And so the first step to being those who can see the doors that are being knocked and cracked and opened around us is first to be one who has opened the door to Jesus. And so the question is, next slide, is Christ seated at the head of your table? How many have ever, by show of hands, ever heard the knock on the door of your heart? Don't be shy. I mean, I, probably almost everyone has heard the knock. How many have ever opened the door to the voice? How many have experienced the tenderness of Jesus to come and to sit and to fellowship with you, to speak life over you? Is Christ seated at the head of your table? One of my favorite passages, next slide, is if the first step to being one who sees the doors that are being opened and knocked around us to opening the door of our heart to Jesus, then John says this amazing passage, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. I love this. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Why? So that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And as I was reflecting this week about being those who can spot the doors that are being opened around us, I thought the greatest way to be one who is ready to show and share Jesus with others is to be one who is satisfied in Jesus yourself. How many have ever met someone who's like into, well, we won't go to diets, but into like the new diet or the, this is getting hot up here, but the, 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 the new thing that everyone's trying, who's ever met someone who was like super zealous for something? For, you know, I guess what I'm talking about, it was keto. I heard a new, new what's that? Crockpots or Instapots now are the thing. But usually those who are the best salespeople about uh, whatever it is, anything in life, like, like a product or a brand or a style, what is it that usually makes them compelling? They believe it because of what? Firsthand experience and exposure. And so what John is telling us, John the beloved who also wrote the gospel, John is saying the best ones, the most effective, the most compelling ones to spot the cracked doors that God's opening around us, the best ones to, to step into that place and to proclaim the mysteries of Christ, the ones who are gonna be most equipped are those who have been 
been satisfied through the sweetness of fellowship that they themselves are experiencing with the Father and Son by the Holy Spirit. And so many of our, our, our sermons about evangelism or mission or go share your faith, many of them, they're obviously, they're true because they're rooted in scripture. But to me, as I was reflecting on this message, the deeper issue is, am I satisfied in Jesus? Are you tracking with me? Because you can't stop talking about the thing or the person that's deeply impacting your life. Right? I don't have to like humdrum something up. And this, this is why this message hits me between the eyes. And this is that, that regular conversation I have with the Lord on a daily basis. Jesus, am I experiencing the, the life that you're offering me? Am I satisfied? Are you at my table? Have I opened the door that you are knocking on? Am I listening to your voice? Am I leaning in? Am I experiencing life as you designed and destined? Or am I at some other table feasting on some other food? And the Lord's like, I wanna knock and I wanna come at the table and then I wanna have the deepest, most profound fellowship and friendship with you and then out of the overflow, as it said in the previous slide, you're gonna become proficient at sharing my love with others. And this is why I'm gonna just go through a few passages. We'll just breeze through these slides and we're gonna get back to the door knocking. Look, look, at, the, look at the language of scripture, uh, Psalm 34. This is one of our namesakes for our church name, Jesus' church. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Read this with me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And I remember, go to the next slide. I remember thinking about what is involved in tasting. How many would say that, that, that how, many have, how many have one meal that you really remember above all meals? Who's ever been to a really nice restaurant or a barbecue? Raise your hand if you sort of remembered if you think about sort of the ambiance, you go into the, the, the restaurant, the nice restaurant, and the, the, the lights are dim, and so you, you, you sort of see, like, like Ember's kind of one of our favorite restaurants, and you see they have the open kitchen, so your eyes are drawn to the, the grill, and what are they working on at the pastry section? And, and so when you think about taste, it's not just your taste buds that are involved, it's all five senses. And then you can be, you know, if, if you like Mexican food, which I love, and I like to order fajitas, you can hear, come on, somebody say amen. You can hear the sizzle on the pan, Shh, the peppers. No one, no one likes fajitas. I like fajitas. And so you can hear the sound, right? You begin to see, and, and then you can, you can taste the crunch. Sometimes they don't get the bell peppers done enough for my liking, but so they have a little bit of texture, and so you can feel and taste. And so when, when the Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good, it at least means with your whole being, you're meant to experience the goodness of God by firsthand experience and exposure to his love. It's this invitation to taste and to see. And for so many of us, we've been like, I'll try a little. And he'll, sir, he's so gracious, but the Lord's like, I actually want to engage all of your senses in this life of faith, in this invitation to have fellowship at the table together. Go to the next verse, or the next slide. Is Christ the appetizer or the main course of your life? That's just a question to ponder. That's just a question. 
Look what, look what else, look at this language of scripture. Uh, and Isaiah, so we're, so we're called to what? Taste and see, now we're called to drink from the well. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Proclaim his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious thing. Let this be known to all the world. So we're invited to drink with joy from the well of salvation. Next slide. We're, we're invited to feast on the richest affair. Again, Isaiah 55, come all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters, you who have no money. Come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Two more, Psalm 636, we're called to feast on his abundance. Let's read this out together on the screen. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. Look at this. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So as we talk about becoming those, again, Chad, I thought we were supposed to look at doors that are open for others. We are gonna get there at the end of the message. My first stop on this quest is, is Christ at your table and are you experiencing the feasting that he's offering you to experience? How many have ever tasted the delight of his, the river of his delights? How many have ever tasted the, the abundance of his house? How many have ever tasted the, the cup Hebrews 2, 9 through 10, of his grace that he extends to you instead of his wrath. Beloved, it's time, it's time for you and I to ask seriously and deeply, is he the appetizer of my, my life or am I feasting regularly on the abundance of Christ? Am I satisfied, am I being satisfied by lesser things or am I experiencing the riches of God? Is he at the head of my table and am I feasting regularly with him? We're gonna get how to how here in a moment. And then the last one before we, we, we shift gears, we're invited to partake of his life. Jesus had just fed the multitudes and now the crowds are trying to follow him everywhere he goes because they want their bellies full. And here's what Jesus says in light of this exchange. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So as we think about that door that Jesus first wants to open our hearts, our hearts open to his knock, how do we taste? Next slide, how do we drink? How do we feast? How do we partake? If the Lord wants me to have eyes to see the doors that he's opening around me, but if he's not, if I'm not even responding to the door of my own heart that he's knocking on, how will I be equipped to do that? And the simple answer of how to do all of those things, next slide is by faith. 
How many would take a big collective sigh of relief <sighs> to believe in him? Jesus said, and I'll, get, I'll unpack that here in a moment. How do I experience the fellowship by faith and to believe in him? Jesus said in that same passage in John 6, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. How many have ever tasted the food that spoils? Can you say amen? But we're called to pursue and to partake of the food that leads to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, read it with me. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Here's the crowds following the miracle worker and the bread dispenser. <laughs> and they wanna know the works. Look at the language, it's plural, it's plural. What, 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 uh, what are the works? No, go, go back, don't give it away yet, hold on. What are the works God requires? They wanna know all the things God's looking for us to do that will make him happy. And then Jesus takes their plural question and he makes it singular. There's only one work that God's looking for. I want you to believe in, in my son. I want you to put your trust in me. How many have heard the most famous Bible verse that's on every single end zone picture of every single major sporting event? For God so loved the world, help me, come on somebody, help me. That he loved, that whoever, that whoever in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Did you know that that word believe might be the most misunderstood word on the planet? The word is actually, you don't have to be a Greek scholar, there's online resources. I am not a Greek scholar, certainly, but this next slide I believe is actually helpful because if, if, if we're talking about how do we open the door that Jesus, our own door, before we can see doors around us, how do I feast, how do I drink, do you remember those Psalms, the river of his delights? How many are at least interested on what that might mean for your life? The river of delight? What in the world is that? What was David seeing or the psalmist seeing? What, like the richest affair, the, the, the food that leads to eternal life. Is anyone else interested at least on what does that mean to regularly experience eating and drinking from that well, that cup from his hand, that bread that he's serving? that river that flows right from his heart, from his throne, out to us by his spirit. I wanna know what those delights are. I don't wanna be a bored, indifferent, well, I prayed a prayer when I was 16 and I'm just hoping for Jesus to come. I wanna be a satisfied son all the way until I see his face. And I believe that there's a key word, I don't, uh, it's believe. How do I experience all of that? The word believe is taken from the Greek word pistuo. And here's interesting, I read this, I didn't come up with this, uh, smarter people than me, but John never uses the noun faith in his gospel. And here's, I think, the difference. Here's what I mean, pastuo is a verb. What's a verb mean? What's a noun? It's just an entity, it's a thing, right? He never uses the noun verb, 
Pastuo was always a verb. He never uses the noun for faith, he, for believe or faith. It's always a verb, which means to experience all that God has for us, it's not just a thing that we did once and then we went on and lived our own life. Come on, somebody, who else has experienced that kind of Christianity? But it's to believe, to be persuaded, to place your confidence and trust and the implications to rely on. And so here's what I put. It's a big, long, I just wrote a slide to tie all of it together. To experience the feasting and the riches and the, the eternal life and the food that's satisfied and the fellowship that Jesus invites us into. I wrote this up. To live by actively trusting in Christ confident that he is who he says he is, hallelujah, and I am who he says I am, while relying upon his grace and truth to form and then fill or inform and infuse the entirety of our life with his peace, I'm sorry, his presence, power, provision, and peace. How many believe that their version of believe needs an upgrade to biblical belief? It's a verb, not just a noun. There is something in the Bible that's called the faith, the truth of scripture, the truth of gospel, the gospel, the truth of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, the truth of being justified by faith. But when, when John uses the word faith or belief, it's always an invitation to active trust in who Jesus is. And I believe one of the things that many of us, if we're, if we're honest with each other, is maybe at some point we gave mental assent, I believe these truths about the gospel, but yet we've not gone further in, which is I'm actively believing and trusting in who Jesus is currently right here and right now. One of my mentors says this, that Jesus doesn't just want to save your life once, he wants to save your life every day all the time if you'll keep trusting him. How many need Jesus to save you more than once on a daily basis? from an attitude, from a sin, from a habit, from a struggle. Did you know he can save you a, tr a billion times a day if you'll keep believing in him? Amen. Can you just say amen if you understand what I mean by it's the, the difference between a noun and a verb? Amen. John never uses, he never uses the noun version. Why? Because so many have said, well, sure, I believe. And you look at your, their life and you're like, they don't, they're not, they're not, I love this. It's like, it's like leaning on, that's how I sort of describe it if I'm at a coffee shop meeting with you. What does it mean to believe on Jesus? Well, here's Jesus and here's the entirety of my life. Everything's leaned and pressed up against him. I fall apart if he's not at the center of my life. How about you? That's what it means to believe to trust with your whole heart, your whole life, to lean on him. Next slide, I wrote this, just simple, it's maybe smaller and simpler. It is not just mental assent, it's adherence, allegiance, and abiding. He's calling us to open the door to his knock and to learn how to have fellowship with a real person. This is what he means to believe, to trust. And then not just once, I did it once and now I live my own life. No, I, I love the language. The, the, it's like to live by believing in Jesus. 
Say that with me. To live by believing in Jesus. It's, oh, this is why I don't like when people say a leap of faith or faith is blind. Faith is not blind. Faith is demonstrable by the entirety of, of the direction and trajectory of your life. If you and I sat down and talked to each other, we would know immediately what we're faithing in just by asking each other questions like, hey, what'd you think about this week? How'd you allocate your time, treasure, and talent? What's motivating you and moving you when you make decisions? Those things reveal the place of our faith. And, and, and the gospel is you can, you can leverage all that you are and lean against the one who alone can satisfy the deepest craving of your heart through his love, the name Jesus Christ. To believe is not just a head game, it's a whole life invitation. Do you believe in the Son? Not just, oh yeah, I believe some things about him. Are you leaning on him currently? Are you relying upon his grace currently? Are you feasting on the abundance of his love currently? How many would say it's time to believe again? Amen. When one has tasted, next slide, of the goodness of God, drank from the cup of his grace, swam in the river of his delight, it is much more compelling when they share their source with others. How many want, it's, it sounds uh, weird, how many wanna be so satisfied in Jesus that the most natural thing in your life is to share his love with others? A lot of times when I'm in a season where I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, anyone ever go through navel gazing seasons where you're kind of just stuck and you're just thinking about yourself? Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Oh, me, 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 me. Oh, you, me, 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 me. It's in those seasons where the Lord's like, Chatty, are you satisfied in me? And re regularly, listen, as your brother and your friend, this, this conversation, this whole first part of this message is on a, at a direct heart between my eyes, constant conversation I have with the Lord. Chad, are you living by believing? Are you currently feasting and experiencing the riches of my love or are you satisfied on something else? And so the next slide is this, am I currently feasting at the table with Christ? Am I currently drinking from the river of his delights and his love. Remember the, the, the question, how do we do that? By faith, by trusting in his word, by spending time with him in the morning, at the noon hour, in the evening, by feasting, by receiving. It's just by simply trusting with the little, that's why, hello, why do you think it says that small faith can move big mountains? How many know it's not the size of your faith, it's who's on the other end of your faith who is powerful? Hello, it's not I have to have this much faith or that much faith, it's that my faith, my little trust, my little heart is being aimed at and given over to the one who holds all power and authority in his hand. This is what makes our faith and our belief powerful, who it connects us to, Jesus Christ. This, this, this verse, I, I really love this verse, Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you? And the earth has nothing I desire besides you. Ugh, I don't always believe that. Oh, I don't always live that. 
My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You will destroy all who are unfaithful to you, but as for me, hear this, it is good to be near God. Oh, say that with me. As for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of all your deeds. So as we think about how do we to see the cracked doors of those around us, the first question, I wanna land the plane right there. I'm actually not gonna go to the next section because I just want us to respond. I don't wanna rush. It's a really good second half. But just pause right now. Just, Just take a deep breath. Ask yourself, am Is my door open to Christ? Just ask him that, Lord, have I, is the door open or do I sometimes close it? Do I I open it for a season and then close it for the next? Do I open it on Sunday and then close it Monday through Saturday? Or is that open access to you and to your love always open? Just ask him that. And maybe ask a second question. Lord, am I, am I feasting on the food, Isaiah 55, that really satisfies? Ask your own self this question, am I satisfied in God? Am I satisfied on his love? Am I feasting on the abundance of his house like the psalmist invites me into? Maybe ask the next question, am I drinking from the well of his salvation? Am I drinking from the river of his delights? Or am I cold and indifferent to his love and to his pursuit of me and his pursuit of us? Next question, maybe just ask, Lord, am I... Am I like that crowd that's just chasing you around because my belly was full? Or do I really hear your voice to say, to respond to the singular work that God is after, which is to live by believing in the son that you sent? Do I believe, am I leaning on you in all and for all things and through all things? Or do I check in and then check out, check in and then check out? And just ask that question, like, Lord, is, are all of my desires for significance, for belonging, for acceptance, for approval and applause, are those being met in you or are they being met by some other source or sources? Maybe today is just the day to say, Lord, I repent I want you to come and to sit at the head of the table and I want to feast and delight on what really satisfies. As we close, if any of those questions connected with you, could you just stand on your feet? I want to pray for all of us this morning who just sense the Lord drawing them to that place of first love, of partaking, of feasting and drinking on his love and his goodness.
I'm so thankful that I don't have to figure out how do I do all of that. It's by faith. It's believe. It's whatever I'm trusting in, whatever I'm leaning against, whatever I'm relying upon, it's, re- it's forsaking. That's what repentance is. I, I, I stop, I rethink, I recalibrate, and I, 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 I sit long enough to let Jesus come to my table and to begin to feed me with the riches of his love, with his grace, with his truth. I just want you to respond before I pray for us. I want you, as you're standing, just come to Jesus and tell him just the deepest, truest thing of your heart. Just spend 30 seconds this morning. Maybe you've not had a chance to even talk to him this week because it's been so busy or stressful or difficult or hard or heavy, and he just wants to right now knock on our door together, and he wants to come sit with us. Please, beloved, just let him in as he stands knocking as a tender lover, as a beautiful savior and a closest friend. Father, as as A.W. Tozer says, we we really do suffer from a low view of you. So we build and make counterfeits. A million counterfeits that always promise, but they never fail to deliver. Never fail to not deliver. God, I ask for our church this Sunday to hear the knock of Jesus. Come on, I pray, God, it's not an emotional thing. It's a, it's an, it's a life-altering decision that we make every single day, every moment throughout the day to respond to the knock, to respond to the invitation of Jesus. And just put your hand on your heart. And Father, I pray right now for our spiritual family, all of those standing and the, the, the several that are watching online, even as they have their hand on their heart, We wanna open the door. We know that you're opening doors all around us because you don't want any to perish, but you start, right here, you're you're knocking on our door. And we wanna see what you're doing on the inside of us this morning. We wanna respond to your grace and to your love. So Lord, I pray fresh fellowship. I pray that we could be like John, that which we have heard, that which we have seen that which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim the word of life. Father, I pray for the breaking off of sin. Come on. I pray the breaking off of idols in our heart. I pray the cleansing power of your love. Father, if our table has a bunch of garbage on it, I pray that you would just come like the Holy Spirit cleanser and you would just wipe away all the garbage, all the junk food from our diet and you would feed us with the richest of fare, with the bread from heaven, with the river of your delights. Father, I pray for our spiritual family right now that, Lord, we would experience the, 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 the unbelievable flavor of grace. Come on, somebody, say amen. I want a taste of his mercy this morning. 
I want to drink and feast on the abundance of his house. And so, Father, I pray for my friends in this room that we would experience that, tasting and seeing that you are so good. You are so good. And I pray, Lord, that all of us this week, we would, we would, we would increasingly respond to your invitation to feast. And that, Lord, as you then feed and, and nourish and fill us, we would be able to see those that you're knocking on and the doors that are being cracked and the doors that are being opened. And we would be able to step in, not as experts, not as preachers, not as super spiritual Christians, but as just those who've been satisfied in Jesus. And we could say, we know where the bread is. Just put your trust in him. Live by believing in him and receive his mercy. Lord, I just thank you for hearing our cry. We open the door to you. Thank you, Lord, as you, we, we do that. You open the door to us, the fullness of the Father's love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you've tasted of his love, can you say amen? Amen. 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 God, I pray as you send us out of this place that you would send us with eyes to see those hearts and lives that you're knocking on. Would you send us, would this week, would we spend time each day feasting on your love, opening your word, and spending time in your presence together with others. In Christ's name, amen. I love you guys. Bless you. Have a wonderful week. If you need prayer, come on up.